We are living in unprecedented times. No matter what industry you come from, we must all review, rethink, and reinvent ourselves. Are you an entrepreneur that is trying to adapt your business to the new norm? Well, you are listening to the 2020 Entrepreneur, a podcast that will motivate you and have you think outside of the box. My name is Hugo Almeida, and with over 30 years of being an entrepreneur, I am here to share and inspire you with my experiences and help invent a new you. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to a new episode of T20E World. Hugo here, and I've got two special guests. And if you've ever heard of PodFest Global, well, you guessed it right. I've got two key players from PodFest Global. I'd like to introduce them to you, Chris Kermitsos and Andrew Weiss. Welcome to T20E World, and thank you so much for taking time. I know how busy your schedule is. Hugo, thanks for having us. Yeah, my yeah, pleasure. excited. Yeah. So listen, guys... We met about a year ago because I intended, when I launched this podcast, T20E World, I attended one of your first virtual events. I was fascinated by it, made me dig deeper into the world of podcasting. But this recent PodFest Global 2021, I have to tell you, was off the charts crazy big. I want to introduce the both of you. I want you each to just briefly Give us a little bit about your background. I know you guys are consultants, speakers, entrepreneurs, and obviously some of, I think, Chris, you're a podcaster, and Andrew, I think you're going to be coming out with a, a podcast, if I'm not mistaken. So, Chris, a little bit about yourself, please. So, my background, you know, grew up in New York, tri-state area. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, representing, moved to Florida, like, just about <laughs> like the whole tri-state area. <laughs> um, which a lot of people could relate to. But I, when I came down here... New York in general is a very dark place in that people are always telling you what you can and cannot do. Everybody has an opinion about everything. So when I set out to Florida, I said, I'm going to create a community of really like-minded people. And I started creating events of like-minded people that want to support each other. 2,000 events later, we, we discovered something <laughs> called podcasting about seven years ago. Yeah. And one of those little events kept doubling in size, and we let it double in size and let it go where it is. And COVID struck. We had 2,000 attendees um, literally two days before the shutdown. So we were very lucky in that yeah. our people were safe. We were able to do an event in March, and then the world got shut down, or at least that's what it seemed like to all of us. And we asked ourselves, okay, we were very fortunate that we're able to survive financially but what can we do to support all these creators and not only people that are business owners that need other outlets so we decided let's do a virtual event i met andrew who was a project managing his own events Mm -hmm. and he was looking to work with other people and i said andrew do you know these technologies yeah i do and that's how pod global was formed we reached out to the guinness world records community and mm-hmm. they said we were willing to certify a record in this arena and we all collectively set a guinness world record but it was a massive undertaking oh, no I, doubt on that those things had we known what it would have been i don't know you know i mean i think we would have done it but it was a lot of work and we love doing it we're good at it but it took a while to figure all the the nuts and bolts so to speak oh yeah andrew what about yourself yeah, so I'm actually a West Coast representing over here, there born and raised in Oregon, and oh, yeah. I was fortunate enough to grow up in an entrepreneurial household, and I was able to know at a young age that entrepreneurship is possible, 
And a lot of people no don't aren't aware of that, which is unfortunate. And I was definitely lucky enough to you know have my father be an entrepreneur. And when I was in high school, I was uh, that nerd that went to business camp and uh, <laughs> spent a week learning all these business skills. And then afterwards, I actually ended up interning for that business camp and then actually ended up working for them. And as part of working for them, I gave over a thousand presentations in three years traveling oh, around the entire state wow. of Oregon and teaching these high school Good students professional you. skills. That is awesome. And, yeah. and so it was definitely really fulfilling to be able to give back to the state of Oregon because we unfortunately need to improve our education system. And then since then, I decided that uh, based on my own entrepreneurial skills that I didn't want to get paid nonprofit rates anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided to leave and become my own uh, public speaking and sales coach. And like Chris said, I decided awesome. to put my own virtual event together called Fight the Fluff. Oh, because wow. Awesome. Both of, both of uh, Chris and I are pet peeves are speakers who go up on stage and then they talk, but don't actually say anything. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just like, oh, let's, let me talk to you about how important email marketing is and how great I am and all my accomplishments. And they don't actually give any tangible advice <laughs> on how to help the audience. And I so I, I made an event that was anti-fluff and one of the speakers, uh, Tyler Basu, joined the event. So he introduced me to Chris and said, hey, Andrew just did this event. We used Hoover, we used Zoom. Chris was like, well, I like Hoover and Zoom. Andrew, can you help me with my event? And we've decided I had to work together ever since. Uh, awesome team, guys. And I'll tell you, so our podcast, obviously, and our audience, you know, is really geared around the entrepreneurship world, a lot of the business and life lessons. When I called you on this episode, I knew we had just to share not only about PodFest Global, but really the undertaking, right? I mean, there was a vision behind this, and that's something I wanted to ask you, Chris. And aside from just the vision alone, I mean, all the skills, like time management skills, partnering with the right players, you know, and, and, and just driving everybody and keeping everybody highly motivated because it was huge, you know. And Chris, at what, what point did you actually have this vision to take something that, you know, was your traditional, you know, go-to exposition at a local hotel or maybe an arena, right? I know the pandemic forced us to go virtual, but at what point did you have this vision that you want to take it to such a level that you're going to set a world record for it? We were going to do virtual events anyways, because just good business. You know, yeah. a lot of us know, so we know tech. However, I don't think we would have done a Guinness World Record qualifying event had it not been for the pandemic. So a couple of things happened. One is we realize everybody's home globally, right? So yeah. we're like, okay, we're all, when is the whole globe going to be in the same situation at the same time? So one thing I learned a long time ago in business is timing is probably the most important factor along with execution and all the stuff, but timing. I saw a friend of mine once, he had a merchant processing company yep. and they were the last to upgrade their systems. And because of that new technology came out and they were able to use new technology and leapfrog across. So that's lucky in timing, but timing is very important. So I recognize one, timing was prime for a global virtual event for podcast. So that's the one thing. Two is I needed talent and I need a great project manager. And Andrew, I found someone that understood the exact tools. So that would be more the universe providing because to find someone like Andrew is a needle in a haystack in general. And then the last thing I realized was I had to test before I went all in. To do it at the level we did, it cost quite a bit of money of marketing budgets it's uh, andrew could attest it's not like your normal virtual event i know you've been part of it so the first thing we did is we put the idea out to our community and we held a zoom meetup telling them here's what we're thinking of and here's a crowdfunding campaign that we're going to do andrew was on that call he and i were floored within 40 minutes we hit the goal 
on the call with the people. Oh. So the moment that the community got behind it, it also created something that other people don't have, and that is full support from the community as the idea is born at the same time. So that created that special ether. So that's why, Hugo, you experience not only an event, you experience the community at the same time. So virtually, we almost did what we do in an in-person event and brought it virtual. And I will tell you, the pandemic has exposed really bad events, and there's a lot of them. A lot of it them. also has accelerated and exponentially grown us because we do a lot of little things really well. Therefore, most of our competitors stopped doing virtual events because they couldn't do them. We're on to our fifth. I think we're doing another one in, in, in a little bit. So we're on to our fifth virtual event, and they just keep getting better and better, and more sponsors find us. Community gets more value. We're giving way more prizes. But the education gets better. So everything has um, – it's kind of like Vince Lombardi. You know, he would make his players yep. better. Next gen would get better. So we're just getting – we're in our prime now. We're, we're revving up all from all this stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so let's dive into this a little deeper because I definitely, I got a ton of questions. You know, one of the things I, I quickly had to learn, right, is you guys, I don't know if you partnered, hired, but you worked with this app called Wuva. Now, there's a lot of people out there don't know Wuva unless you're into, you know, virtual expos and stuff like that. So talk to me a little bit about that, how that relationship's began i mean there's oh. got to be other options maybe right and there's uh, a lot of other options yeah. whova hoover so andrew found this on his own when he was doing his own event but most people don't know about hoover uh we were using it for live events what it does is it gamifies the experience mm -hmm. so it actually interacts with the attendees without us having to do extra work so that helps the interactions within the app as well as it has a community section which would be like the hallway section of a hotel inside a ballroom it has these community meetups so andrew's done a great job because he talks to the team and he'll say okay what can we do we could do a photo contest winner and andrew knows more about a lot of the technicalities of hoover but they get like fifty thousand events a year they do it's an amazing wow, tool at this point crazy i mean i was picking your brain andrew constantly <laughs> yeah no the the best way to describe hoover i'd say is facebook groups on steroids totally <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's just so fun and so and like you said it really is all the unique ways to go about the app and use it and like create your own little mini meetups and yeah yep. chris and i were chuckling that was definitely one of the the highlights of our recent podcast global is one of the meetups itself had 200 people that rsvp'd and chris and i are like wow i mean we're, we're getting 200 300 per session and if people yeah. are 200 people just outside of our sessions it's amazing the community insights to help oh it was crazy other. i mean i was getting invites i was getting invites to all these little sub meetings per se within an expo so you know i, I learned from your first event which was last year and this year i took it to a whole other level in here in our office we we definitely said listen everybody here has to get familiar with this app. <laughs> I said, mm -hmm. I found that it was actually easier to kind of work it through here, yep. you know, than the PC, but it was pretty cool, man. And uh, you're right. I met so many people. And one of the things that both of you always talk about is the community, right? The podcasting community being just so, you know, easygoing, really cool and willing to collaborate and more important, willing to support each other. I love that aspect because that's what we're all about. And it's so true because through that app, I was able to reach out to so many people because I just wanted to learn what they're doing, how they're doing it, you know, and how they're utilizing your expo. So let me ask you this. How challenging was putting this event together? Now, I know you had many under your belt and I know you had last year's success. So how much more challenging was this one? So we've done two globals. So those are the biggest that we do. The first one, Andrew, I'll let you tell uh, Hugo the comment you made to me as we were doing it. You remember the comment <laughs> you said? I said, this is a lot. And you said, what would you say? Remember? Yeah, it's like uh, building an airplane in midair is the best way <laughs> to describe it. Yeah, this is like <laughs> sitting in a seat and trying to build an airplane it's in midair. Like, here's the he wrench. Said, 
Go fix the engine. Uh, we're about while, three. While we're up, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're already yeah. slingshot in the air. So when he said that, I couldn't stop laughing. I was, why are you laughing? I go, that's just such a perfect analogy for what we're experiencing. So the, to give you a contrast, the first one had about 320 speakers, 5,000 attendees. The second one had 520 speakers and eight languages spoken. I think the yeah. first one we had two languages, Andrew. I, I don't, mm-hmm. We had eight yeah. languages taught in eight That's or nine. Awesome. Yeah. And we had over 6,000 attendees. When it gets certified, it'll be just under 6,000. But we had a better, pure attendee. Things were better the second time around because we learned a lot the first yeah, time sure. on how we did the tickets and Always the processing. Always improving. And yep. We did something really interesting. Andrew suggested we give people codes for I love that. them to give away. Andrew, how many people, and you could just give us a guesstimate, applied for a code? Because this is interesting, Hugo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we literally had 450 plus people who uh, wow. applied for a code, actually. Yeah. And that's on their own accord, wanting to apply for a code. Right, yeah. so that's a very unique thing in that someone says, give me a code. I want to give out some I loved uh, codes to my friends and family. So we realized we didn't want to shotgun our message the second time around. We said, okay, we have this amazing community. How can we go deeper? How can we make it better? And we said, you know, let's have Hugo and the different people know who we are, give it to their friends. We think they'll interact even better and innovation within the community. Yeah, that was very valuable. I kind of liked it. It was just a nice personal touch, even for ourselves, right? We, we shared that link to everybody. You know, I spoke at your event and it was about building the A team. So it was the uh, the team behind the podcaster, right? And uh, it goes right, right back to what you're talking about is building that A team to actually launch something of this size. How vital was it to partner with people? Like, I don't know if you partner with a lot of organizations or a lot of individuals, I, probably a combination of both. So two things, I, I can't stress this enough, and maybe it's because I grew up in an immigrant household. We all help each other out. It was kind of in the air of growing up That's in a right. big fat Greek family. Yeah. So you just, like, my cousins would always get me my jobs. Like, literally, people, how'd you get a job? I just asked a cousin. I just your cousin. So, um, but literally, like, I'm not even exaggerating. My first three jobs were like, <laughs> this cousin, that cousin, the other cousin. So maybe that's ingrained in my upbringing. So when I see other groups, or Andrew sees someone and they're asking for help, if we're able to help them, we will go out of our way during the year, not even when we're doing events, to help them. So then when we need something, they actually come to us and say, hey, can we put out your speaker submission? So it's a rare thing that dozens of groups across different Facebook groups will support us. And not only that, but people like yourself might say, hey, let me give it to my team, or hey, I'm part of this nonprofit. Hey, I'm part of this 1 million cups in my town. Can I give it? And we say, yeah, we'd love for you to share. So that's what creates, uh, someone mentioned, they go, your social numbers are nowhere near what they should be for the amount of people you're attracting. How yep. are you doing it? And it's like, we're focusing on the people we're attracting and treating them well and giving them that's what right. they want. So they bring us their friends. So it's like, we don't have to be the biggest social media rock stars. Now, don't get me wrong. We're all trying to grow those numbers, but that's not where these attendees come from. They come from word of mouth. Absolutely. I, uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, that's one thing I have to say is, and, and I hope our audience is listening to this one key point that Chris just said is it's about sharing, you know, and, and knowing your audience and sharing, because I have to say, Chris and Andrew, one of the key things that I noticed was every time you guys were hosting a small event before the big one, you would say, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to share the database. I'm going to share the amount of people that are on this event. Here's their phone numbers. Here's their emails. And this is something most companies won't do. It's more like they protect that kind of stuff. And I noticed right away from, you know, from attending so many shows and even meetings, right? People are hesitant to share the list at a meeting. I'm like, why would you hold back? You know, if you want to grow, open it up, you know, be generous, be sharing, you know, that's how the community develops. So I really admire one of those things that you were doing. I wanted to ask you though, 
<laughs> I got I got asked this on, on the funny side of things. At what point, or was there a point where you just like sat back and said, "Holy crap, man! This is getting to be bigger than I even expected it to be," and it's just going to be like like you said, the fixing the airplane while it's in the air. Andrew, you got one for the second global because the second one I know it was overwhelming for. Oh yeah, no, um, I, I still need to make a TikTok video on this where oh. um, I, I would literally uh, I, I would get 150 emails and I'd say, okay, I would flex my knuckles. Yeah. I'd say I chug some water, chug some tea, and say, all right, I got this. I respond to every single one of them, and then I go and get dinner for an hour and come back and I have 170 within an hour. <laughs> and so when I, when I was that's me that too. Email, I was included that, there. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like from speakers from attendees i'm like oh boy this is this is a lot but you know it's, it's all it's all fun but that's definitely when i knew like how big this was actually getting it's just like when you get 170 emails in one hour it's just like oh okay yeah, this and is then where we're at. i remember that that was going on and then i couldn't keep up so then andrew had to, and we got moose little thunder which is andrew's right hand he yeah. helped andrew upload but then we i remember in pre-week really pre-week is a major conference but we call it pre-week yeah. like think i know you know this but anyone listening yeah Pre-week, when we have 520 people for the main con, pre-week is like 150 speakers. So it's like a lot. The second go-around, pre-week had two, sometimes three tracks. And Andrew mm -hmm. and I did not allocate uh, labor <laughs> properly because in our mind, we thought pre-week was like the first one, which was only one track a day. So we got our asses handed to ourselves because we were running ragged. Luckily, what was amazing about pre-week, and this is why we have a pre-week, we were able to adjust by that Friday. Tweet. Not to be burnt out Yeah, on Monday, because main week is its own beast. So we were really well-staffed all week starting for the main week. But if uh, I just remember pre-week, I said to him, we got to get better at this. And then we were able to adjust and tweak all the systems for the main week, which is really you know important. Yeah, I tell you, Andrew, going back to what you were just saying a little bit ago, I, I would be one of those guys sending you that email with just a, <laughs> a, a, a probably a stupid question, but you get back to me. Sometimes it was 1.32 a.m., but you were getting back to me, and I, I, would, I would read it the next morning. I'm like, these guys aren't sleeping. <laughs> Yep, for the people. Yeah. I gotta ask I gotta ask you this. <laughs> Guys, I gotta ask you this. What crazy funny thing did you witness over this Podfest Global? Because I participated in so many I try to hit as many of these little breakout sessions that you were hosting. The topics were so broad. I mean, from was it swingers to technology. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I was like, holy shit. Well, let, let's put some context in this so people understand. <laughs> You're 100% right what you said. So because we look at ourselves as a creator community, Absolutely. we give everybody a voice. So we call them microcons. I know you know this, but yeah. anyone listening, a microcon is a mini conference around like we have a lot of people that talk about sex. So that's where accidental swingers might be. Uh, that show, <laughs> they'll be talking about it. Then we'll have, it ranges from the different languages, but then we have faith. Like we have yeah, faith and we, yeah. have, we they, have faith I, con and we also have sex con. Yeah. So we have <laughs> And, Not and on the same day. <laughs> they don't go against each other. Broadway con for the Broadway Absolutely. performers. Yeah. No, they're, they're, um, it was awesome. I just, I was just fascinated because I'm There's just... a lot of crazy stuff in some of them. I remember one was how to unf your business was the title of the show. And what was interesting about that one is they went to, if you're going to use profanity, what are the rules and regulations of how to do that? <laughs> so I found that very interesting. because like, you see these shows, but you don't realize all these loopholes that they have to go through yep. to publish that show. So there's a lot of interesting things for, if you've ever thought of creating something, we more than likely had someone talking about it, you know? <laughs> that I have to believe. <laughs> it was so anyway, Andrew, what, what about yourself? Share something that was just crazy that you were like, holy cow, this, uh, this one blindsided me. Well, what was really awesome is, uh, yeah, Chris got connected to a guy named Marty Ray. 
and I, I'd never heard of Marty Ray, but he would, he's a guy who went viral for an acoustic version of Ice Ice Baby by, <laughs> by Vanilla Ice. And it was really awesome to me. You know, he, he played that, well, he didn't play for us live, but um, we got to see a recording of him playing that viral video. And he told the story about how he met um, Vanilla Ice and how Vanilla Ice like called him and said, hey, it's Richard. <laughs> and Marty Ray's like, uh, hey. I Richard. saw that. I remember this. I remember this. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was definitely a big funny highlight for me. Dude, this guy was this yeah. guy was presenting. I think out of he was like connected through a cell phone. I think in his <laughs> yeah. driveway. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, that was yes. great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah, was so he, funny. He's awesome. As far as yeah, craziness goes. That's a good uh, one, Andrew. Yeah, it was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, how many sponsors? You know, usually when you go to a normal expo, I uh, I get it. You know, there's. 20 sponsors, sometimes 100, and you go to each booth, you chat with everybody. But the way you guys did it was phenomenal. I mean, you'd have your, your breakout session, whatever the topic was, and then afterwards, you could just move into the next booth, which was the actual, you know, the, the actual uh, sponsors that were exhibiting. It was pretty cool because I got to talk to each and every one of them, and I set up one-on-one -on -one meetings with all the companies. But how many were there? I don't know, Andrew, you remember? Was it 20? Uh, yeah, we had 21, I want to say. 21, but yeah. that goes, that credit goes to Andrew because he said to me, hey, we need, I saw this other conference, we need to create a 30-minute break where people could yeah. just seamlessly go meet the exhibitors. Yeah, yeah. I took advantage we went of over that well. the numbers. Yeah, we went over the numbers with Hoover, the company, and they said, I always ask, like, how are we doing? They go, we've never seen anyone. To give you an example, Hugo, you'll appreciate this. So, like, they showed us another event, and they're like, they had tons of sponsors. They had 700 interactions, like, where they gave the emails. They go, you guys had 4,131. <laughs> so, I, I said, I guess we're doing, goes, you don't, the guy goes, you don't understand. We don't even see, this is not like, this is, uh, it was crazy. You, know, you have, you have a planet, and then you have, like, the sun. I, you guys are, like, <laughs> uh, blowing all our numbers through the roof. They're like, I go, so I guess that's good. He goes, yeah, that's whatever you're doing, keep doing it because we've never seen anything like it. I'll tell you, no, no. I, I Again, I it was my second this size of an event because yours was the first last year. Between that one last year and this one, I've attended, you know, a bunch of expos that were virtual. None of them, none of them compare. And I'll tell you, you're right, Chris, when you say that because I noticed just in comments, and the comments, you can't even keep up with the comments. It was just like, right down the list i mean and people just that were engaging people that were going to the uh into the booths themselves the the amount of people it was pretty impressive the whole thing one of the things i had to ask you guys was communication because i i think it's so imperative to keep the community informed and when you're launching such a massive type of an event how do you keep everybody in sync you know i yeah you guys do a hell of a job i mean even today i attended your 3 p.m meeting uh just to kind of keep people in the loop of what's going to come so talk to me a little bit about that communication so we do a lot of town halls. So we call them town halls. Yeah. And just like in a community, you go to town, town hall, here's what's going on. And we're very um, transparent. So people are, we're not, we're not polishing up the PR. We're just saying, here's what's going on. Yep. Here's what happened behind the scenes. Here's what we're trying to counteract. And we believe that if we could tell our audience the truth, one, they appreciate it, but two, they're going to be behind us. So what we did with the pod global, the first one, but especially the second one, we learned that what you said, Hugo, is true. We could not get to all the, Andrew, is there's only one Andrew. And even though we, he had help, what we asked the community in those town halls, like, can you guys create tutorial videos as you see people asking for them? And can you support us? And people started doing that. Or can you get to someone in chat before we could get to it? Because there's only so much of our bandwidth. So we put the onus on the community. And that was kind of a page out of Tony Shea's book, the founder of Zappos, yep. or the guy that created the 
ethos of holacracy. So we kind of adopted this holacracy, meaning we're all in it together. Let's support each other. Please know that your speaker is doing the best they can. Yep. Support the speaker. If they're asked for a link, put it in the chat for them. So we tried to make the community responsible for their own experience. And that creates a different, that creates a different trajectory in the experience that we all have. Mm -hmm. And it also, you know this, you've been to a lot of events and you're, you're a business guy. When you go into a room where the community knows each other, you could feel it. Oh, when yeah. you go into a room where everybody doesn't know each other, you can oh, feel, you feel that, that. That's right. <laughs> you feel it either way. You know, you feel like people no, are that kind on of that friendly. One. They, they kind of know each yeah, other. Yeah. And I've been to a lot of events when people don't know each other. Let's say it's a dinner or lunch event. The moment the food is done, everybody's out the door. If people know each other, not only do they stay, you see them doing deals. You know, Hugo, go over there. I'll go over oh. here. We start talking. Hey, what are you up to? Blah, blah, blah. And you'll see that. And that's something I always enjoyed having a community where we wanted to spend time with each other past the time that's done. And that's that's what happened. Oh, that's great. Listen, uh, what what did you learn uh, with something so big? And obviously, you guys are just getting better and better, right? But what did you actually learn from this experience? Andrew? I would say what we're really starting to learn, this has been like Chris mentioned, you know, the first, the first event is putting a plane in midair, just like, ah, I don't know what we're doing, but we're pretending like we know what we're doing. Just going to keep, keep making it happen. Uh, the next two events, because they're done on a much smaller scale, we're learning what works on a smaller scale. This event really clarified how to help systematize and automate things to really, to, and delegate things to make not only our jobs easier, but the attendee experience better, the sponsor experience better, the speakers experience better, and really making sure everyone has the optimal experience and getting the best content. And the reason why it's so beneficial is because because I, I know Chris, especially, he has big business for PodFest. And part of that includes, um, you know, hosting PodFest events around the world. And essentially, uh, I mean, the, the best example from the book E-Myth is uh, McDonald's franchising, oh, yeah. is that yeah. you got to know yeah. how to make it work, why it works, and, yeah. and use the exact salt that's been sitting in the ground for 20 minutes or 21 minutes, not 22 minutes. It's like, what's the exact formula? And this event really helped clarify, you know, what are those systems and formulas that make it work so we can keep making the experience better and keep putting on more of these events to help more people. Dude, awesome answer. <laughs> and a key thing that you just said there is delegate. A lot of people don't understand how to delegate properly. Chris, what about yourself? Well, you know, my theory of the community will always provide the answers you need if you're willing to listen. This was put to the test because uh, this was a stress test when you have 520 people. <laughs> yeah. One, the content got better, which you saw from the first to the second got much better, even though the content, the first one was great. Oh, yeah, it was. It got it was, even better the second time yeah. around. So I learned that if you listen to the wisdom of the community, it only gets better. Secondly, one of our values is we won't chase celebrity speakers. And my, one of my theories was if your community is lockstep with one another, they'll come to us. And I'm not going to mention the names, but they're people everybody would know. Andrew yep. would get call me. He's like, hey, so-and-so wants to speak at blah, blah, blah. I was like, how did they find out about us? One of our attendees or speakers told them they have to be here. And, you know, with an event that size, there's always openings last minute. So oh, absolutely. Tell Andrew, yeah. tell him yes. And he's like, but we don't have any spots. I go, just give it a day. <laughs> and that's more experience, you know, you know, like when you have that many, just give it a day. And then yep. the next day it would open up. He's like, wow how did you know that i go we have so many people it's just a matter <laughs> of math and then we would plug them in but what was interesting is our community is loyal to the community as a whole so they didn't necessarily you didn't see a spike in numbers that they were speaking yep. you might have seen some extra numbers but our community would be loyal to the education in that track 
and you would you would see that and they, and they're loyal to each other so the members in the community that put the time in to support one another yep. you'd see a spike in their numbers almost instantly the moment they would appear and they're just people in our community they're not necessarily famous so when you see all that it, it makes it worthwhile and you also do see some very ungrateful people out when you're dealing with that many people and you have to be able to chalk it up as you're not going to always please everybody however we do strive to do our best to please as many people as we can well from what i saw everybody was very happy including you know my entire team loved it i mean we learned a lot you know you're never too old to keep learning and i learned a lot and one of the things i do and i recommend this for anybody ever attending the next podfest global event is reach out literally reach out not only to the sponsors but you get such great feedback and you learn not only about how to launch a business there's so many topics and that's what i loved about this is you know how to market on instagram social media marketing how do i improve my linkedin profile i mean this is how crazy the gazillion of topics that just kept popping and flowing and i would try to attend as many as i could and not only that but the one-on-ones just with the, the manufacturers right your sponsors that was awesome i learned a lot so listen, guys, I wanted to ask you this. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you, what did you learn about yourself? What did I learn about yeah. myself? I, I learned that, you know, it goes back to, you know, your delegation. You know, I'm definitely one of those guys where I feel like I have to do everything myself and, you know, learning about myself that it is okay to, to delegate. It is okay to assign things to other people. And, and also what I learned too is, you know, even though it's a lot of work to put an event together, sometimes there are ways where you, you, you can make it easier on yourself to uh, put that event together rather than Very stressing important. like, oh, I've all this to do. Like there's always an easier way to do something. And and that was, that was really beneficial to hear. What else I learned about myself? Oh, and just, uh, you know, all the speakers that like, like Chris said, the content was so amazing, just inspiring. Oh, us. Good yeah, stuff. We just keep, yep. keep thinking bigger on a bigger level. Just what people need the most is for you to share your message and share your story and share your content. And Chris mentions the word awesome. crowdsourcing that we're all constantly yeah. helping each other, everything all the time. And if there's a very high chance, you know, something that someone doesn't. And if you're not telling other people about that thing that could help them, then why, why hold back? And so just a reminder to keep putting your voice out there. And the quote I like too, is that your, your story is someone else's survival guide. And that was by uh, Jessica something, but uh, just yep. remembering to put that out there too. Good for you. Chris, I know you've launched plenty of events, two massive PodFest global events. What did you learn about Chris on this last one? You know, I, I, it's just a reminder, but it's something I always learn when we do something this big that no matter what you put on your plate, it could be the biggest thing. You could still get it done. Like uh, I became much more efficient. And I mean, my emails would go down to zero and they would keep proliferating. But I would tell you, I was more accountable to getting my work done than when I'm not on that kind of timeline. And it's interesting to see the different gears that you have. You might think you, you have a gear to 10, but this is like we were testing ourselves and going way past that. Absolutely. So you realize you're able to accomplish a lot more if you put your mind to it. So it always makes me think, what are we leaving on the table every time we do something? Yes. And that, that kind of event shows us that there's a lot more possible than we think. And what's next? What's the next PodFest? Talk to us. Share so it with we're us. We're planning. Yeah, we're planning PodFest Masterclass. So we're going to be doing a um, Masterclass. Is interesting because we asked the community town hall what they wanted. Okay. And this is what tells you what a great community we have. They said we should be giving the beginners more prizes to help them along their success. <laughs> and instead yeah, of great idea. On prizes, they said, how can I we agree. help the beginners yeah. for milestones? So we're going to have a pre-week, which will be all for the beginners. And it'll be live demos of these product demos, tools 
pools, but more, not rushed, more time for that. And then main week master classes, it's a one track every day, but master classes really deep dives into monetization and audience growth. And we awesome. almost exclusively focus on those two things. We go into deep dive analytics, mm -hmm. cost per acquisition, a lot of things that would really, for someone that wants to really take this seriously, they're always like, I can't believe you guys even have this information, but we built such a deep bullpen. Oh, that's awesome. It's easy to bring it to the fold. Oh, great. Looking forward to that. I, uh, I will absolutely register. <laughs> so listen, guys, thank you so much for uh, being on our show. But before we wrap up, I always like to ask one last question. And is that what one bit of advice would each one of you share with our audience, young entrepreneurs, business, all these college students coming out into the workforce? What one bit of advice would you share? Chris? So I have a book that I wrote, and it's a very simple advice, but it's uh, the book's title is called Start Ugly. And I don't tell people to start ugly and stay ugly, but I tell them to start ugly and perfectly execute along Love the way. It. In other words, we rob ourselves of overthinking. It's not ready. I'm not, who am I to do this? I would rather you start ugly and perfectly execute and get better. And anyone that looks at their start, like I've done 2000 events, my first couple were horror shows, but I learned from them. And now here I am, how many events later? Awesome. So if you're overthinking something, just remember to start start ugly. It'll never be pretty, but then improve from that point forward and you'll be okay. Awesome, Chris. Great advice. And remember, start ugly. You can find it on Amazon, right? Yes. Thank awesome. you. Yeah. Andrew, what about yourself? One of my biggest pieces of advice I love giving people and something I wish I knew early on is whenever you want to do something, find someone who's already done it and ask them how they did it. And awesome. that's one of my, one of those things that make, make things easier and to stack on top of that is just because you haven't done something before doesn't mean you can't do it. And the classic example, I used to listen to a podcast by Brooke Castillo. She's okay. one of the top life coaches in the world. And she said, you know, if you tell a baby, Hey baby, you can't walk because you never walked before the baby would be like, screw you. I see other babies walking. I want to figure <laughs> out how to walk too. So just encourage it that if you're listening to this, you know, and you do want to start your own virtual event, whether you talk to me or Chris or other people who are in that virtual event space, you know, another speaker mentioned the quote, don't pay the dummy tax. Don't, don't make the same mistakes that other people have made before you and ask them, Hey, what are the mistakes I can avoid? And what can I do to get there faster and, and make it happen? And so I definitely recommend that uh, whatever you want to accomplish in life, you know, with, with health, with money, with relationships find your ideal person who's where you're at and then be, have the courage to reach out and ask for advice because for the most part the world's actually a very helpful place and people love helping each other that's awesome advice andrew chris thank you so much to the both of you for uh participating in this episode and sharing your experience with podcast global and to all our listeners out there at t20e world hope you got a lot out of this one there's a lot of information and great advice and this is andrew chris and hugo and we are checking out out.